0: And welcome to another episode of Hosted. As you know, this is the podcast where we get to flip the tables a bit and invite hosts on to talk about their podcasting journey and a lot of other things that we'll uncover during the conversation. Today, I'm very excited to have Johanna Buchweitz here on Hosted. She is the podcast host of Limitless and also the founder of Frankly. And we can't wait to find out more information, not only about the podcast, but also your company. It sounds like the two probably tied together very nicely. So welcome to the podcast, Johanna.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Thank you for thank you for joining us. So let's go ahead and jump right into this. So you've got, you have 24 episodes. Uh, you just launched actually the interview with... Um, me <laughs> that you conducted, uh, a little bit ago. It, it released today. Uh, we're talking on September 21st. So, um, you've got 24 episodes and tell us a little bit about the podcasting journey thus far.
1: Yeah. So it's been such an interesting journey. I think when I first started out, I was so nervous to record the first episode and had all these ideas of like how it had to be, how it had to go and the I'm not ready. I have to wait till I'm ready. Like, you know, syndrome. And then I just did it. Um, And it's been such a cool, incredible journey of like in meeting like so many amazing female entrepreneurs because Limitless is all about having these open, honest conversations with driven female entrepreneurs to provide my audience, who is also female entrepreneurs with like actionable bits of information that they can apply. For me, like, I think there's so many incredible podcasts out there that are so inspirational. But for me, like the most important thing is that my audience is not just like inspired, because that's great that you I think you get that everywhere. I want you to know, like the next best step for you to take in your business, I want you have like to listen to learn and to be able to apply what you learn immediately.
0: Yeah. So do you follow uh, a script? Is it scripted out for each episode? That Are you kind of gearing each conversation towards the guests and what they're going to bring to the conversation?
1: Yeah. So when I first started, the recommendations that I got from everyone was you need to have like a script, right? Like besides just obviously like your intro and like how you close it, have a set of questions, send it to the guest ahead of time. And just like, think that that's how you're going to go through it. So I probably did that for the first episode and I'll still send it to guests as a guideline, like just in case. I probably ask like only three of those questions um, because I find that like, Guests are so cool. Like they have so much knowledge and so many interesting things to share that as soon as they say something, I'm like, ooh, let's go into that deeper. Like I want to hear more and kind of like pull those little bits of information and actual bits of information out of them. So I almost never actually stick to (laughs) my questions.
0: Yeah, that's really funny. I did this exact same thing. I put together, I actually spent quite a bit of time, same sort of feedback that I got from hosts you know, script out some questions, the mm-hmm. more standardized it is, the easier it is to edit and the the better flow you'll have. But I'm the same. Like once you get into the conversation, you just, you don't know where it's going to take you. You can have a general outline and always have those questions to fall back on. But you know, when, when a guest starts talking and you get excited, you just want the conversation to move. However, however it needs to.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: So. You're you are interviewing female entrepreneurs. Uh, how do you find your guests? Are they are they clients of yours? Are they associates? How do you how do you find the folks that you're bringing on your show?
1: So for my first three guests, they were um people who are already in my network, like female entrepreneurs that I personally like use their products or service, and I'm just like a huge super fan of theirs. And I was like, I have so many questions for you, and I'm sure that like a lot of other people do too. Um, but after that, I actually had just posted a Facebook post. Um, I'm part of something called Brand Builders Group. And they're really focused on like helping people build like personal brands or building a personal brand to help accelerate their business. Um, and, and it's a really awesome community. So I just posted, hey, like these are the type of guests I'm looking for. Um, and I thought I would get like three responses. Within 30 minutes, I had 45 people messaging me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is... Is good. Um, so since then it's just been those guests and then referrals from those guests. And um, that's pretty much it. Like anyone within my network so far.
0: And do you have a certain criteria that you're looking for in, in guests? I mean, yes, obviously female entrepreneurs, but are there some other markers that are important for you?
1: For me, it's important, obviously, like that they're successful and how they measure success. Um, But I would say the most important thing is that they're mission-driven female entrepreneurs. Because I think like for me, at least in my life, like that's such an important thing. And when you hear someone's passion, not like for actually helping people and how their product or service like has transformed someone's lives, like you just get excited. And it's such a cool thing. And like, I love hearing their passion come through when I talk to them.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure that, you know, through the experience that you've had thus far with all the interviews and, and being that kind of the sticky point for you to bring somebody on the show, have you, what have been those moments that you are, you're able to tap into somebody's mission and, and kind of their personal journey where you're like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard. Like, can you cite any of those conversations that you've had with some of the guests that you've brought on the show?
1: So I don't know if there was necessarily like one story where I was like, wow, like that is the, you know, coolest, most beautiful mission and journey that I've heard. Um, But there was one that really stood out. Um, I was talking to someone on my show who is such like an incredible, incredible, strong, successful, like businesswoman. And she I don't know how it happened, but I think one of the questions I asked of like how she sources her strength, she opened up publicly for the first time ever on any like public platform that she was in a domestic abusive relationship and how everyone in her town knew her, knew that, and they all made these judgments about her, regardless of the facts of the situation. And she was able to still get up and stand in front of all these people and speak about the subject that she is an expert in. And so not only was her story so powerful, like the advice she gave for anyone, and I think it was universal, anyone who was going through like a dark moment in their life was absolutely incredible. And then for her to tell me afterwards, like, hey, like you made me feel comfortable enough to share that publicly. And it's transformed my life because now I've actually talked to like so many other people and other platforms about it. And I've started helping like more and more women who've been in my situation. I was like, holy cow, that is so cool. Like that is not like an expected outcome that I had, but it was so so beautiful and so memorable.
0: Yeah. And Evan, it seems like most people have that, right? That piece that they're kind of holding on to, and they just need, they need that comfort. And there's this interesting, and I've talked about this many times on host eggs. I, I think there are a lot of hosts that have experienced this is that kind of, it's like a breakthrough that you get to, Mm -hmm. to experience with the guest. It's, you know, you're kind of walking them down this path and asking questions and kind of getting to, to their core and and what drives them. And all of a sudden they could have this breakthrough experience and start sharing things that they've never shared before. And that is freeing for them and kind of opens up this whole new world, which is, it's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, it is incredible. It's like fun to be like, not just like a witness of it, but like just to really be part of it. Um, And I think it's not something that you necessarily expect going into it. So when it happens, it's like, wow, that, that was awesome. Like I have goosebumps, you know, like it's really powerful.
0: Yeah, it is incredibly powerful. So, you know, talking about the types of guests that you like to have on your show and it being tied to, to what you know, you, that you're mission driven. So can you talk us through a little bit about your mission?
1: Yeah. So my driven, my mission is to help as many like driven female entrepreneurs as possible and to make life easier for them. Right. Because you, you know, like whatever your business is, like, like I said, like you're doing it for like a passion for, you want to help someone, but you still have to know all these other things that you are not passionate about, like whether it's finance, accounting, legal, compliance, and there's so much to know as an entrepreneur. And today, when you want to find out like that information, you can ask Google and then you spend hours like going through all the different searches and still don't feel very comfortable like with the answers you're getting because they're not meant for you. Or you can take an online course. You can get like a mentor. There's so many different avenues of getting information, but they do take a while. So I want to make that process a lot easier and faster to cut the fluff fully so that when you ask a question, you get an answer in real time that is based on like your company size, um, how long you've been operating, what your industry is in, plus then how to apply that information that you received. So whether it's a do-it-yourself or whether it's a trusted list of vetted vendors that we like as a company have vetted for you based on your budget and price point that you can then apply it or hire them. And then you can go to sleep happily, like not having to worry about anything, knowing that those areas are taken care of.
0: Yeah, that's really incredible. So, you know, it's not just inspiring is important, but it's actionable. Like what can you put into place to make sure that you can get to that next level of of what you're, what you're wanting in your life. Um, And then in terms of where you've been, what is your, what is your background? So
1: my background is a little interesting, I think. So I started my career in corporate finance, uh, okay. doing financial planning and forecasting. And like anyone who's not familiar with that, it's it's about as fun as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> so it's like your face is an Excel all day long in PowerPoint, making presentations. Um, so I worked in the corporate world and it was like great experience, learned a ton, but I always knew like, this is not what I want to do. So I started my first company. For a reason that nobody should start a company was I wanted to start my own company, not work in corporate. And I was like, hey, what is a problem in the market that I can solve? Let me just go solve it, regardless of whether or not I'm passionate about it, care about it, uh, whatever it may be. Um, So I actually launched an app that at first was essentially a two-sided marketplace for fitness trainers and gyms and uh, consumers who, you know, were looking to use that service, but from like a digital space. And then it kind of expanded. during COVID to be licensing that app to the trainers or to the gyms. And then it expanded even further to not just be fitness, but just to be an app for content creators to easily create content and monetize that content.
0: Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) And quite the evolution and really kind of a forced evolution. It was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like through that, I realized like, this is not what I want to do. So I was like going through a little lost puppy, not sure where I'm going stage, um, and explored selling my company. And yes. it's been really cool. Cause I was, I've been in the process of having my company be acquired. And while I was doing that, other friends who were entrepreneurs were like, Hey, you seem to know a lot about how to pitch a company to be acquired. Do you mind helping us sell our company? And I just kind of like took that opportunity to be like a makeshift merger and acquisitions consultant for six months. And I helped my friends like pitch their company to like Snapchat, Sony. And it was so cool. But again, I was like, this is not what I want to do. But through that, I was able to find my passion for helping female entrepreneurs. I saw all the problems that were kind of coming up and the solutions that were being offered, I didn't think were helpful. And it was really just taking away from the entrepreneurship journey and taking away from their focus on their mission and having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I want to fix that. And how I would go about doing that kind of took a little bit of time to evolve, but here we are building, frankly, co hosting this podcast and yeah, it's been such an incredible journey.
0: Oh, I mean, and it really in a very short amount of time, (laughs) like it's been what over, like you built the company, you worked toward an acquisition. You, are you fully like, is it, is it fully acquired now? And.
1: Just about. <laughs> yeah, just, just about it's a long process there. it's a long process yeah talk to me again in three months and, and I hope that I get to be like yep brandy we're done
0: <laughs> but then in in all of that like really trying to to hone in on what drives you and I think that that is something that is hard for people because I, I think a lot of folks enter or start their own business because they see an opportunity, Mm -hmm. that opportunity may not be their ultimate passion. And I I think for, you know, especially there's just not everyone can just follow something and not have like a heart attached to what you're following. So it sounds like you've, you've definitely have worked your way through that process. I guess a question that I have based on what you said about women, female entrepreneurs, and like what are some of the struggles that female entrepreneurs have that their male counterparts do not have?
1: So I think in full transparency, I haven't surveyed enough of the male counterparts to be able to, I love data. So I'm like a full data junkie person. So I was like, I'm not going to answer like that fully without having the like same amount or equal amount of data for men as I do for women. But I can speak to the female entrepreneurs at least. So what I found is a lot of them struggle with all these teeny, teeny, tiny things that add up, right? So if you're uh, like a, a coach in a, you know, like a, you're an online coach, you have an awesome coaching business, you still have to like worry about like accounting. If you're doing mindset work, like you also have to worry about like legal and there's certain compliance and tax and like all these different categories that you didn't really think about when you're like, oh, I'm just going to start an online coaching business where I help transform women's lives. Like- There's all these other things, and nobody is there to provide you with that direct resource. Um, So that's been like a, a big thing. And the other thing I found is content creation. Social media is a big pain point. It's how do I get my message across authentically and feel good about it, and how to sell when I don't really like sales, and I don't want to sound like a shady salesperson. So I would say those are like the top three common issues that I've encountered.
0: Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. So then you're working with a lot of the entrepreneurs to work through those little things. That's not necessarily, and I think that this happens a lot of times, especially for newbies in a, in a startup is you're doing everything. And there are certain things that you really are drawn to and you want to do. And then there's all these other things that you have to do that you're like, oh, this takes everything out of me to do these five tasks. And how can I be more efficient or maybe even offload that? Um, But in the beginning, you know, especially when resources are tight, it's all on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like the hiring and the firing and how to deal with that, it gets messy. I think um, I had a money mindset coach as a guest on my podcast who was incredible. And she said something that really resonated with me. She said success is 80% psychology and 20% strategy. Mm -hmm. And for me, if I can at least make the strategy part super simple and seamless, like I feel really good about it. And then also provide you resources to help you with that other 80% um, because it shouldn't be this complicated. It really shouldn't.
0: Yeah, and so you agree with her, like from what you've heard from your guests and the clients that you work with, 80% psychology, 20% strategy.
1: Yeah, and even for myself, like selling my app is like a perfect example because I was doing it for two years and the same like I pride myself on being like this data person, numbers person, strategy person. And I was like, I'm pretty sure my strategy is solid. And everyone else I spoke to was like, that's really good. Why are you not closing the sale? I was like, that is a great question. Why am I not closing the sale? I was like, could you provide an answer instead of the same question, please? Um, and I started looking because I had no other choice. Nothing else is working. I was like, fine. I will finally look at the mindset work. I will finally look at that 80% psychology. Since clearly I'm not getting the results I want, I'll open myself up to other options. And it completely transformed my life, not just with selling my company, but in every other aspect of my life and business. And all of a sudden I was like getting way closer and closing like more conversations and deals and getting letters of intent and all these other opportunities for people to buy my company with just doing that mindset work and i was shocked i was like wow 5 years ago i wouldn't have believed anything you said if you told me that was true and like today i'm just like who wants to do more mindset work
0: <laughs> it is it's hard i mean it's and it's also hard to to sell it or see it when mm-hmm. you're not experiencing it so once you do and you're like oh yeah that actually works. That's fantastic. And also, probably propelled you to launch the podcast, had to have been in that kind of mindset reset yeah. phase.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause I think what's fun about the podcast is I, like have all these women who are specializing in different categories, whether it's like sales or marketing, which again, like for me, if I was like the target customer, that's what would have pulled me in. But then Mm -hmm. I have like money mindset specialists. I have like women who are doing like, deep spiritual trauma healing work in like the workplace and showing how a happy leader actually drives more revenue. Like that to me is so cool. Like I didn't even know that existed. So to be able to kind of sprinkle that all in and just be like, Hey, you don't like just get to learn about specific like work strategies, sales strategies, finance strategies, but you can also learn how to think differently and how that is going to impact like how much money you make what? Like, that is awesome. Like, I wish I had that when I was in deep and dire need of a lot of help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, but sometimes too, when you're in that deep and dire need, it's hard to just even see like beyond your nose, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're just like, oh my gosh, this just feels so heavy. Um, and we've all been there. And I think that You know, having that support network, especially for for women, because we just don't have the, you you know, you're in a room, like a boardroom. It's usually not full of women, typically. So we're, you know, we're not used to seeing all these women in these leadership roles. I mean, it's been fairly mm-hmm. recent that we're starting to see an increase of that. So getting more more women like in, in your world, in your community and bringing them to the podcast and just letting them shine and share their expertise and really kind of what keeps them going is it's really it's really cool and special.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And what I love is that like, everyone who I've met, like they want to help. I think a lot of us, especially if you were like ever worked in like a, a big corporation, you're used to the cutthroat competition. Only one person gets to get ahead. Yeah. Like, and to have this like camaraderie of like, hey, I learned something. Let me share it with you is so cool and powerful because like, What's the point? Like, we all can win. Like, why why are we taught otherwise? And by being able to have those conversations and be like, here's what worked. Here's what didn't. Learn faster. Save more money. Save more time. Don't do it the way I did it. Do it like, you know, like this is what I learned. Like, you are helping so many people and there's no reason for you not to be able to do that. And I think it's pretty awesome that everyone's so like open and and, like has a desire to to share and to help others.
0: Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So are you... Did you take that twenty percent strategy and implement a lot of those into launching Limitless?
1: No, because I actually learned that from my guest. Once I had Limitless, (laughs) that was like a when she threw that at me, I was like, "Okay, I'm writing that down. Um, I'm gonna like (laughs) apply that now constantly." Thank you for teaching me a valuable lesson. Um, So I didn't. I launched Limitless because I. I found like I was doing these little research interviews with female entrepreneurs. It was super informal, very casual via Zoom. And it was like literally just for research for Frankly. Mm -hmm. And what I found was like, these women were awesome. Like, which I kind of expected, but like just hearing their stories and and hearing again, like the passion and the mission was so beautiful. And I wanted to highlight them. Like I wanted everyone to hear their story. Like you are so amazing, but why have I not heard of you? Like, How can we make more people know who you are, hear your story, hear your mission, hear about your company and highlight your awesomeness because the world needs more of you. And I also found that I just loved having those conversations. Um, And so I I had brought this up to my strategist at Brand Builders Group and he's like, so why haven't you launched a podcast yet? And I was like, because I'm not ready. It has to be perfect. And uh, and then he was like, no, no, just do it. It's was like, okay. And I just did it. And now it's one of my favorite things to do each week because I love it. It's not scary. And start before you're ready.
0: Yeah. No, that's great advice. And and were you ready? I mean, it, you know, there is that just take the plunge, have your, you were already having the conversations. It sounds like mm-hmm. you were like mostly there, just push record. But there are other components that go with it. Like your, um, your cover art's phenomenal, your show notes are great, you do video. I mean, you are a well-oiled podcast machine. For somebody who's relatively new to podcasting, I'd say that you have done everything from an outsider's perspective. You've done everything right. So did you have like a podcaster's playbook? Like how did you how did you know what you were going to do and how you were going to show up in the world with Limitless.
1: Yeah, so it it kind of like, you know, build the plane as it's landing Uh, situation where I started really exploring creating, frankly, in I would say October. Um, I was introduced uh, October of 2021. So I was introduced to someone again, I had posted on the Brand Builders Group Facebook page asking for some people to like do these little research interviews. And the first person who responded, her name was Johanna. And she was like, well, I feel like I have to help you because my name. Johanna pronounced the same way as yours. I think we should meet. We'll probably be friends. She's now like one of my closest friends. Um mm-hmm. but she is a branding specialist and she takes the best kept secret and makes you like a world renowned brand like through messaging and through like the visuals to match it. So I had like ended up hiring her completely knowing absolutely nothing about branding. And I literally said to her, I was like, I promise I'm not trying to be rude as hell right now, but like, what is the difference between paying a lot of money hiring you or paying $25 on Fiverr? Cause I genuinely yes. didn't know. Yeah. And when she explained it to me, I mostly got it, but I still took a huge leap of faith cause it was like intuition saying, hire you, best hire I've ever made in my entire life. I was like, if I could clone her and make her have different skills, I would hire her all of her. Um, and she built the frankly website. She helped me customize like the messaging of the brand. And when I told her I wanted to start the podcast, I sat down with her and I said, Hey, can you help me with, with the messaging? Because I was nervous. I didn't feel super confident, but I felt like if I could at least get the copy in a place where I feel like it very clearly articulates what I'm trying to do. And it's not just like, a like word vomit on a page, I would feel a lot better. Um, And so she helped me to do that. And I literally sat with her for an hour, just talked and she (laughs) like highlighted what I was saying and made it super cohesive. And that's how my show notes came about. Um, She created my logo. She um, really just like kept the themes of Frankly and kind of just brought it into Limitless because Limitless is part of Frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, So all the visual stuff like strictly came from her. And I mean, 10 out of 10 recommend her. And that just helped me feel better when kind of launching the brand in um, the podcast in general.
0: Yeah, well, fantastic job. And then what about the social assets? Is, is she helping you with those as well?
1: So she helped with social media templates in terms of like colors, themes. Um, So for Frankly specifically, she helped me create like the templates that I currently use, but I actually hired a team and they edit the podcast um, every single month and they pull out um, a ton of different pieces of information that they can then you know, repurpose for social media. And they took her branding guidelines of like the colors, the fonts, all that stuff, and just kind of built it in themselves as to what works. Um, Brand Builders Group has this theory of content diamond, where essentially you have a one hour piece of video content. There's no reason why you can't make so many pieces of micro content from that one source content. So I hired Uh, a team to help me do that because I have no idea how to edit any kind of video at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's is—it's like a completely different skill set. And there are lots of folks out there that can help you chop up the interview and and get it to a place where you can then get it out into the world. Yeah, those micro pieces of Mm -hmm. content are incredibly valuable. And I love that that's a focus because we tell our clients all the time at Kitcaster, These interviews are so like, that's such a valuable resource for you to, to reuse and repurpose for, for social, for blog posts, for a case study, perhaps like you could be pulling out bits and pieces and, and making it something more. I mean, like a hundred times over. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's great content and I think having those branding guidelines. So everything is cohesive, right? Like you want to have like that same color, same theme all around the board. So when someone sees it, like they instantly know when they're scrolling on the feed, like who, who is it? Right. Cause if it looks different each time, you're like, not so certain. Like anyone who follows Limitless or follows Frankly, like they'll scroll. And like, even if they don't stop on the post, they'll be like, oh yeah, Frankly post Limitless post because like they automatically recognize the consistency of the brand's
0: yeah, no, it's that's really important. And did you have, did you establish different social networks for limitless outside of Frankly, or do you post from Frankly so all I the ha- limitless? I content? have separate
1: ones. Okay. Um, I have full separate ones. I didn't know what to do with that. I actually wasn't sure. Um, my again, my brand strategist for like brand builders group, he recommended, he said, it's good to have both because in case, let's say you want to run ads specifically for your podcast and not for your company, you're able to segment it and target it differently. Um, so I haven't actually run any ads at all. Um, but it was good advice. And I, I think it's nice to have it separate. It's also cleaner for me when I do like email marketing and stuff like that. I also am able to see very easily, like where somebody signed up, um, through Google analytics, whether they like clicked on something from limitless versus if they clicked on something from frankly to go to the website.
0: Yeah, no, that that's really great advice. Are you are you hoping to have advertisers? Is that a route that you want to go down?
1: In terms of having advertisers for like the podcast? On- Yes, yes. What I was talking about specifically though was like if let's say I wanted to run an ad to like oh, advertise okay. an episode, like a Facebook ad for Limitless because I had it. a cool guest and stuff like that. So like in terms of like monetizing the podcast, sure, that would be awesome. I mean, I haven't met anyone who said, like, no, please don't give me money <laughs> on a podcast. But like for me, that's not like the the main goal. Like if that happens, like and I get a lot of advertisers, that, that is awesome. But for me, it's like the message, the most important and it's fun. Like I I meet so many cool people. I learn a ton. Hopefully everybody else who listens also learns a ton. So yeah. I, I think for me, like that's the most rewarding part.
0: Well, and that's how you have to go into it too. I mean, I, yeah. I have yet to have a host on the show that said that they wanted to get into podcasting because they wanted the monetization piece. I mean, that i that is not a sustainable Mm -hmm. way to enter the world of podcasting, because that's not going to (laughs) happen until you have established yourself, unless you're already established brand or personality, and you're coming into this world with a massive following and a, Mm -hmm. a brand presence. It's a really, it's hard, but you, you know, it's, it's also really cool to keep yourself open to those opportunities, because it is, it is a way to at least like, Maybe you're not going to make a ton of money on your podcast, but maybe you offset some of the costs that are associated with the yeah. production, Should be great.
1: Yeah, I would say for sure. I think that's like a big one. Like a lot of even friends I have who, who do podcasting and have like a really good sized audience, like you know it's not going to pay their like rent mortgage whatever but like it, it totally offsets any other like expenses that they have whether it's from like the the micro content that they're creating to pay for that team that they're like fully breaking even on any expenses they have like when it comes to the podcast and i think that that's pretty cool cuz why not
0: <laughs> yeah no i think that's really that's amazing um so for your limitless guests are do some of them end up becoming clients. Like have, has that happened? Like where, where a guest has come on your show and then ends up becoming a client of Frankly?
1: No, because the Frankly app has not yet launched. Oh. Um, <laughs> so we are in the process of building it. Um, okay. The coolest piece of it, I think is this like search functionality and the way for that to perform the best is for me to have so much data and my team to be able to organize that data and source that data because we're building an artificial intelligent like database that's going to be one of the biggest. Um, so the end of how to do that is not as sexy as like the final result. Um, <laughs> but what's cool is like the guests that I have, a lot of them, I want to be affiliate partners. Yeah. Um, so I think I like mentioned before, like for implementation. If you search for something and we have a a list of like vetted partners, um, to apply that information for you, if you want to hire someone based on your price. So a lot of the women I've had on my like podcast, I, I want them to be those partners. And I've also hired a lot of them and worked with them before too. Um, so I know their process like in and out. And I think like they can add so much value to anyone else. Plus it also boosts their business, which is amazing if I can help them with that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like building that that base, so that yeah. when you're ready to bring it to the world, you have a lot of those connections, and you can kind of go back and tap. it. like what a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an Angie's List for for women entrepreneurs. She's yeah. pretty cool in in a sense. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. 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 How would you? Is there a comparison that you usually use when you're talking about? Frankly. So I can't think of
1: like, let's say like a direct comparison. Um, But what I do like is like, it's really a community and it it provides you with what you need to know to grow in record time. Like it fully cuts the fluff. It's quick, it's easy, it's actionable. Like you can go in a million times a day. You can go in once a day. Anytime you have a business question, like this is the place you're gonna go. Um, Because you know that a shadow of doubt, you're gonna get your answer in real time and you're gonna know what to do with that. So for me, like that's, that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's pretty incredible. So just like that 24 seven crowdsource access to be able to, to get all of your answers met. That's really cool. Um, so as we're kind of rounding out this conversation, what are some tips that you would like to give to folks who maybe are looking at their podcast strategy, need to give a facelift or are looking to start a podcast? You've already given one tip and that's just do it take the plunge. What are you waiting for? But what are some other things that you've learned along the way that maybe you didn't know going into it, you didn't really think was necessarily going to be a thing. And turns out it was.
1: I think branding is like such an important thing that I never thought was important. Uh, And it like has really helped because like I said, it it makes your podcast recognizable on social media where there's like a million content creators producing content. Um, The other thing that I learned in terms of like promoting your content, I just started taking my own advice, so that's always a good idea, um, is like getting in front of the camera, just clicking record. Because you as a podcast host, a business owner, you have so much valuable information to share, but I think a lot of us get stuck on this idea of like, we have to create this beautiful looking content. It has to be visually creative. I don't know anything about video or photo editing in that sense. Like, I can't do it therefore. And it's like, no, some of my friends, their best performing content is when they're in their car. Like literally just filming and, and talking and sharing like the struggles they're going through, like what's happening in their business, what they've learned, what they can share, top 10 business tips. like. And that gets like the best results. Like I even just did that yesterday for the first time, feeling super uncomfortable on my couch. And I had so many people message me, text me. Hey, that was so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. I was like, oh, I just told somebody they should do this. So now I'm finally listening to my own advice, which is always, yeah, that's important. Um, so I would say just, just film content. Doesn't matter where, just just do it. Um, and like with your podcast, like just listen. I think that's like a really important thing. Like we, you know, you had talked about some people have this very specific set of questions. And I think With that, if that's what you're more comfortable with, I think that's fine. But make sure you're fully listening to the guest's answers. And it's okay to deviate. It's okay if you mess up a word. I've messed up a word or 25 many times. (laughs) Like, and it's okay because it's like the context of the information. Like, your audience can tell when you're listening, when you're excited, when you're engaged. And if you mispronounce a word, like, nobody really cares. They're like, oh, you know what? I did that too, like yesterday and today. <laughs> like it makes you more human, and you are like so. Just, just go on, just do it. Be comfortable, and and, and I think listen, like and just engage with who you're t- talking to because your guests are awesome.
0: Yeah, I think that that's some really great advice, especially the the video content piece because I think by now the way that we are consuming content we're not asking for perfection. In fact, we're we're asking for people to be authentic. And yeah. authentic means sitting on your couch, in your car, and just being real. Like what's happening in your life or like what, what is floating in your brain right now that you feel like you just need to get out to the world. So I I think that it is, it is really hard because it it can make you feel very vulnerable because you're, Mm -hmm. you are putting yourself out there and you really don't know how it's going to be received. And just you just have to do it. I mean, it's just, it's really important. It's really important. So I'm, I'm glad that you took your own advice and hope that you keep that up.
1: <laughs> me too. Yeah, I mean, um, someone who was on my podcast, they, they said this thing where you don't necessarily know the impact your content is having. You may think you know, right? Because you're measuring it based on like, oh, likes, comments, DMs. But what she had told me, so she's a, a physician and she was like, do you know how many people like who are patients or former patients who have said to me, like my content made them feel more comfortable with like X, Y, and Z, but they did not even engage with it on social media. It's like, you don't know, like what you say could change the course of someone's life. And just because they don't like your post, like doesn't mean that you're not having an impact. So I would say, like, think about that one person you are giving advice to. Like, there's one person in your life currently that you would be like, hey, like, this is what I would say to you. This is my advice to you. Like, there's one person in your life currently who is your target audience, right? What would you say to them? And just talk to them, like, on camera, <laughs> you know? Yes. Just, like, just film it. Um, Because, like, even for you, right? Like, you're helping so many podcasters, right? You're giving them so much information and they're only able to receive it. I mean, like from whatever sources you put it out in, right? If they listen to your podcast or like wherever else, like you share that information, but like you are like, what adds value? Your content is great. Like your knowledge is great, but you, the person sharing it is what makes people want to listen right? Like as a host of a podcast, like your guest, they might first come to you because like they like your guest, but like, you're the reason that they're going to stay. So just do that. But on social media.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And I've heard that. I've heard that from so many people who had no idea what kind of impact, and you could just be meeting somebody at that right point, right? Like just what you said, like there's somebody in your network that needs to hear exactly what you're going to be saying. And it just, that little piece is going to be what carries them through the day, the week, the month, who knows, but it will, it is, it's just important to, to get it out there and we're all wanting it, right? Like we're scrolling and we're searching. And um, so it's, it's like the perfect time to, to start putting your words, your video Mm -hmm. content out into the world. So that's great. And then that last piece of advice that you gave of, of listening and engaging with your guest and the conversation, like get out of your head. And I, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to a podcast where I, I wanted to jump in and ask the question because the guest said something that I was like, Ooh, that was really interesting. Like, I want, I want to hear more about that. And the host just like took it and ran a completely different direction that I wasn't ready for yet and i don't think yeah. the guest was either <laughs> so um just being mindful of what what's being said and and carrying that conversation and and engaging and and being okay with just letting the conversation flow naturally and we're human yeah. beings podcasting is such a real platform that you get to you get to stumble and it's fine people kind of expect it We've had, I've had yeah. dogs bark. I was in a recording studio a couple months ago. We have a recording studio here in our office and we're in a really old building. And all of a sudden these pictures just came flying off the wall. And the guests that I had on, they were like, Oh my gosh, what was that? Do you have cats? Like, is everything okay? And so we, it turned, they ended up, they had been in the building that my office is in. And so we had this whole like ghost story adventure. Um, we went a completely different direction, but it was fun. Yeah. You've gotta have those moments.
1: No, a hundred percent. And like you're audience doesn't care about that stuff as much as I think we as hosts think they do. Cause yeah. we're so worried. Like it has to be perfect. And like, as a recovering perfectionist, I can admit <laughs> that I thought that too. Um, but like, they don't like, they care about the value. They care about like what you're providing, what you're teaching, what your guest is teaching. And I think that's the most important thing. And the one last thing I would say about the social media thing is I think a lot of us are afraid of that vulnerability because of the amount of trolls and haters that are on, on the internet. And you know what? What? There are, I'm not going to tell you that you're going to post something awesome. And you're not going to get some really messed up comments that you might want to cry when you see it. Like that's true. But you know what? Like that is a small percentage. You're not talking to them. You don't want them to be the ones listening to your podcast. You don't want them to be your clients. Like they're just there and that's okay. But the other percentage of people who are actually finding value in what you're sharing, like that's who you need to focus on. And as much as you possibly can, ignore the rest. Like, you're going to be so excited when you get those messages of, like, wow, that really helped me. You just changed my perspective. I took your advice and now I'm happier. I'm healthier. My business revenue just like increased by like 10X. Thank you.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. It just, it takes like, it just takes that one person to reach out to you and say something like that to make it all worth it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, that's great. And it is hard because you do know that there's going to be people out there and um, that's their profession. That's what they do. And it's, it's terrible, but that's, that's the reality. So just moving past that and you're focusing in on helping those who are, Mm -hmm. who are tuning in for the right reasons. It's great. I have one more question for you. Yes. It's a fun one. So we do as a company, we always have these Wednesday icebreaker questions. So I like to, I like to infuse it into the podcast interview. And today was really funny. Our morning meeting, we did, what is it, what is something that people do that kind of drives you nuts? So we had like chewing with your mouth open. We had people like not walking fast enough. Um, (laughs) <laughs> there it was like all over the map there were some really good ones some involved driving some like just like personal space um what's yours oh
1: man that's have a, a good pet question. peeve yeah but my pet peeve is kind of weird
0: <laughs> that's like they're they're all they were all there was some definite weird ones for sure when that, that I think that makes it even more funny
1: I think my mine's not as funny, but like mine's sort of like when someone is just so freaking amazing yet they don't know it and they're scared to show the world. I'm just like, can I just please show you how awesome you are? I was just at this event and someone was talking about their like anxieties and their fears about like like being a coach or doing what they were doing and like how they could actually help people thinking they don't have value. Yet when everybody else was talking, they were raising their hand to give feedback and advice that was so helpful. I was like, I'm sorry, are you listening to yourself? Because you've just helped every single person in this room and you're still saying you don't know if you can help people. I'm just like, hi, please, please, please just see how amazing you are. Because like, like the, there's only you, like you are your superpower.
0: Yeah. Share it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've met so many people that fall into that category and I don't, you would just yeah. want to shake them. And then once mm-hmm. you start highlighting all of their greatness and their cheeks get flushed and they like put their head down and you're like, no, put your head up. <laughs> this is you. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. That's wonderful. That That's like a great, that's a beautiful pet peeve.
1: Yeah. But I don't know how to help so much. So <laughs> I feel a little stuck. I'm like, here's a book that I read that changed my life. Maybe it'll change yours. <laughs> like, what can I do? What resources can I share with you that maybe will help you see how awesome you are? Because like, if you're not willing to hear it, it doesn't matter what I say, because right, you have your own, your own beliefs. So until you're ready to start unwinding those, Nothing's gonna come through.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. They kind of have to figure it out for themselves, but it's always nice for the I believe it's nice for folks like that to at least hear it. So
1: yeah, for um, sure.
0: We could just continue to encourage and see where it yes, goes.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, Johanna, thank you so much for being a guest on Hosted. This has been a wonderful conversation. For those of you who are tuning in, you need to check out Limitless. It's a great podcast. Johanna does a fantastic job with her guests, with all of her content, the videos, follow the social media. You can get sweet little audio nuggets um, on on social from, from her podcast interviews. And it's just been a lovely time. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. This has been awesome.
0: Right. Thanks everyone. And tune in next time for another episode of Hosted. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.